Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, as I mentioned at the start of our time, this is our, the final week of our ministry year. And so just to review, our theme this year has been follow me. And that comes from John chapter 21, where Jesus is talking to Peter. And Peter's like, ah, what am I to be about? And he just says uh, those simple words, follow me, follow me. And the sweet simplicity of that. So where does he lead us? And it is into a life of humble, loving service is where we've, we've been. And we started the year back in September in that moment where Jesus is nearing the cross, he's with his followers in the upper room, and he gets up from the meal, puts on the, uh, takes up a towel, and begins washing feet. And the thought is, this, this ministry season, we were praying, Lord, may it be marked by action. We're called to love each other, but it's a love that does something. And it moves us beyond good intention to motion. It's Jesus, the, the one who is supreme in every category, Washing the feet of people who, who don't deserve it. And then he looks at us and says, okay, do this. Follow me this way. And the verse that uh, Don mentioned, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says, we are, we are uh, the masterpiece of, in Christ. We are God's masterpiece or work of art is really foundational. Just as we come to faith in Jesus Christ, God begins to recreate us to look like Christ so that we might, with him and with each other, do the good that he's called us to do so that we might do good works which he's created already for us to do now I remember the day and maybe you can remember when this verse it's a paradigm shifter isn't it where the good work that we're called to do is not something that we have to be freaked out about and man am I going to get it done God's already prepared these good deeds we just have to stay connected to him and uh, and he's going to do the good through us as, as we follow his lead and that John 15 that we were singing about he's the vine where the branches stay connected but, and, and before, we, uh, before we get into it, we, we, we face a, a threat that we're going to go after today. But before we get into that, um, today's truth is fit, a fitting way to end this ministry year in that it is high, uh, high in, in the realm of motivating and just powerful to propel us through the finish line of this ministry season to do good. But it's a, a truth that I preached on 10 years ago. And... This was a strange occurrence in that most outlines from a text, that, and the outline is kind of how I'll frame the text so we can work through it and remember it. Most, I forget by Tuesday afternoon. And so I can only imagine where they're at in your mind. I'm sure they're gone. But do you know the text that, that we're about to cover, the outline that I preached, some of you still remember that. And it, it's high in stickability. So as we come back to the text, I had the quandary do I change the outline, mix it up, or stick, run with one that sticks? Um, and so I thought, well, it, it ain't broke. We'll go ahead and, and go with it. The text is timeless. It's a new message around a timeless text with a classic outline. Is that okay? We'll, we'll just call it that and, and go with it. Now, as we set out to do good, follow, follow Jesus into a life of, of love, there is a threat that we all face, and it threatens to blanket our soul slow us in our life mission it, it drags us into a just a, a swamp of inactivity does anyone know the name of this threat to our soul 
goes by one simple word. It is sloth. All right? Sloth. It's that aversion that we have to get up and go and do the, do the things we know we should be doing, our responsibilities. We just want to um, act like that sloth. I keep thinking of the, the sloth character that's such a unique uh, animal which teaches us about Sabbath. It's okay to rest, but it's when, um, you know, Sabbath and rest becomes just, we're, we're escaping reality and seeking just to stay inactive. What do you call someone who's infected with this, this sinister, uh, slimy stuff that just drags us into inactivity? What do you call someone that's infected with it? A sluggard. Fourteen times in the book of Proverbs that we're covering, God points to the sluggard and just says, watch out for this this uh, sloth. Watch out. So what are the symptoms? And there are three symptoms that we see occur several times throughout this, throughout Proverbs. The first is oversleep. Sorry, you guys. This is brutal. This is convicting. But, uh, <laughs> but it's there. It's in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 14. Proverbs 26, 14 says this. As a door turns on its hinge, so a sluggard turns on his bed. It's that idea of, you know, like a door um, on the hinge. When, whenever you, the alarm clock goes off, or you, you know you should get up and face the responsibilities and opportunities of the day, instead of getting up, you're like that door, just turning on the hinge. You, you know you might be infected with sloth. You're nine more minutes of sleep, ah. Nine more minutes of sleep, ah. And uh, sleep is no longer a means to fuel you for work and opportunity, but sleep becomes an escape from work and opportunity. That's an indicator that sloth is at play. Second symptom is excuses. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13 says, uh, the sluggard says, there is a lion outside or I'll be killed in the public square. So it's that idea of, I can't go out there and do what I need to do today, go to work, because there might be a lion. Well, there might be, but the odds are very low. But Someone said, if, if you don't want to do something, any excuse will work, right? <laughs> or he says here, I might be killed. You, you know, I, I can't go to work today or go to school. I might, I might die on the way. I might get hit by lightning or hit by a car. Well, the, uh, you know you're infected with or, or may be infected with sloth when you're making excuses as to why you're not doing what needs to be done. And, and there's always that, that excuse. And w- when the effects of sloth begin to mess up our lives, we begin to blame others, and rather than taking the responsibility that, that it was my own inactivity that led to this. Third symptom is procrastination. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. 20 verse 4 says, Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look and find nothing. And so sloth whispers, why do today what you could do tomorrow, right? And when you hear yourself saying, hey, you know, I'll, I'll get around to that tomorrow. Get around to that tomorrow. I was convicted this week of my, my uh, maintenance list on the house. And I have cleaned the gutters inside. I, I even washed the outside of them this summer. But there's this place I need to fix the, where they uh, join, and there's a leak. And I, I'm just like, ah, I don't want to go up there and do that. And it just keeps next, next week, next week. It's too wet, too dry, too hot, too cold. Next week. <laughs> so this week... The, uh, the procrastination. Now, you may be thinking, man, I'm glad that he's preaching on this because so-and-so needs to hear this. And I'm good. I've got a good work ethic, but so-and-so needs to hear this. Well, before we go there, there's a, a grid that was helpful for me to think through in terms of life missions. So as you think about the good that God's called you to do, 
we are, and we've been summing it up this year with let's do some good. Created to do good. So, and we do this as we follow Christ. But think about the different realms that are especially susceptible to sloth. Would be One would be soul care. So our relationship with the Lord and, and being diligent and investing in that relationship. Another would be the social realm where relationships that matter and investing in those, nurturing those relationships. Another would be the work that, that we do to bring value to the world, but also meet the needs, our own personal needs, but the needs of our family and those around us and to allow us to be generous. Another would be the uh, ministry. And this is within the body of Christ. God's gifted each one of us to to do good and to serve and to build up the body and so being diligent in those areas. And then another would be body. God's given us our bodies, our minds to be the, uh, the horse to get her done. And so am I keeping the horse strong? Am I keeping it fit so that I might have the energy to do what, what I've been called to do in the, the various other arenas? Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I looked at this, I'm like, yeah. I, there, in every one, there, there's areas that I could up in the realm of uh, being being industrious and, and uh, bringing my best for God's glory. So the remedy then is what's the solution or what's the, or the, uh, the question, what's the remedy, the solution, the vaccine, if you will, to sloth? As we, we will struggle and, and face that, what's the answer? And the, the good news is God has given us a truth in Proverbs chapter 6. It's a bit of a shock where he takes us. But it's, uh, it's so good. So if you would, please join me there. Proverbs 6, verse 6, we'll begin. He says this, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. So here God is calling us to get down on all fours and go to school on this little insect. Yesterday as I was filling up our lawnmower, I looked down and there's like five of those little brown ants just crawling around the, the garage floor. And it was neat just to think, okay, these things have a lesson to teach me. God says, consider its ways, which means watch it, study it, and then take time to think about like, what's this thing saying? And be wise. This little ant has a big lesson for us. It's humbling to be schooled by an ant though, isn't it? It's like, oh man, what's it have to teach me? But it's interesting, one of the ant facts, there are more ants on the planet than humans. Like, they've learned how to survive on this planet, and maybe it's also God's way of saying, I'm going to provide more than enough professors to help you in this realm. And so, what do they teach us? We see carrying on here in verse 7, here come the lessons. It says, it has no commander, no overseer, or ruler, and yet... It stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your uh, sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. And so what's the antidote to sloth that God gives us here? What's the pathway to prevention and recovery? And it's simply this. The challenge is this from this text. Imitate the ant. Get up, get busy, get it done. Get up, get busy, get it done. This is so helpful. A reminder and then just fuel for the soul as we set out to do the good that God's called us to do. Imitate the ant. Get up, get busy, get it done. Three-part challenge. The first part there is, is to get up. It's that start up, 
moved, we see in verses, uh, we'll read 6 to 9 again. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer, gathers its food at the harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? So do you feel the contrast and what, what the picture that's forming in this text? It's almost like the wise man is painting this picture of he's, he's laying there or he's standing by the bedside of a, a, someone infected with sloth. And he's watching his, watching his uh, watch, his t- stopwatch. And he's just like, how long? How long? How long? Nine more minutes. Nine more minutes. <laughs> when are you going to get up? And what's he, the contrast is, while you're laying there, sidestepping and, and pulling the covers over the responsibilities of your life, there's a little insect out there that's taking you to school. He's half the, half the brain and brawn, and yet he is working you into the ground are you gonna let that happen no anybody else getting pumped up (laughs) you know what this is is a challenge to take personal initiative isn't it he says hey the ant doesn't have a commander overseer ruler doesn't have a mom dad coach teacher boss telling them hey you need to do this need to do that there's a person personal initiative that's at work but getting up is not easy, is it? Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> and in any realm that we, we talk about getting up is tough, but we'll go with the physical realm. It is not easy to get up. And you stop and think about the miracle of sleep where God basically allows us to go almost, we're almost dead, pretty much. And, and it'd be okay if you only had to sleep once in your life, but we have to do this every day, which means we have to go from almost dead to back up every day. And the older we get... The more the bones don't want to do it, and you just have to shake off sleep every day and get the body going, and it's hard. And it's hard in each of these categories as you think through the good that we're called to do. And we have to go from not doing it to that startup energy, that get up inertia is, is not easy. So here are the wise. We say, okay, how do we, we need some motivation, don't we? So how do we do this and what's the motivation that that helps us get up and the wise man gives us some here in verses 10 and 11 check it out he says a little sleep a little slumber and a little folding of the hands to rest i think this is a warning you can fill it in the text where he's saying it happens just a little at a time it's not all at once but it's just this just little here little there and and sloth infects us but here comes the motivation and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. What's he saying? He's saying when we refuse to get up, there may be a a day we don't have a bed to get up from. While sloth is singing us a lullaby, patting our back, back to sleep, he's waving in two thieves through the back door, poverty and scarcity. And they're robbing me blind while I'm hitting that snooze. They're headed out the front door with my stuff, filling up their U-Haul as I'm hitting snooze one more time or, or not facing the responsibilities and opportunities that God has has put before me. And so sloth and poverty, or sloth leads to poverty in every dimension of our lives. It's interesting, you know, some of us who are really good at work and doing these, like, ah, let's charge the project, may struggle in the realm of relationship, you know, and those things that really matter most when it's all said and done and investing in those areas. 
And, uh, and so, what a gift God has given us here in this ant. Okay, watch that ant. Get up, get her done. Well, the last time I preached on this text, I shared a motivating picture of three ants. Just imagine this. Tomorrow morning when you're waking up, three ants sitting on your alarm clock or your phone. And they're dressed, they got, they're, they're acting all cool. They got sunglasses and they're, we'll, we'll say they're wearing a Philadelphia Eagle jersey because Eagle fans are kind of rough on you. And, uh, and, and they are actually mocking you, trash talking you. And they're all taking bets on how many times you're going to hit your snooze. And it, you hit it and yep, they just start laughing. And here's the question today, guys. Are you going to let those ants trash talk you? No. Well, we, is that motivating anybody? I, I'm not feeling great motivation. So skip that story. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> that's fiction anyway. You know the one that's even more powerful for me. And, and this, is, this isn't, by the way, a call to be driven or, or a call away from rest and appropriate in, in all those areas. But it's simply when God has something he wants done here on earth, us to do some good, am I ready to do it? And the motivating picture is our Lord. That night that I... He was sitting around with his guys, and they're all full of pride, and no one wants to wash the feet. And it says, Jesus got up from the table and went to washing feet. And I think that was their story, but our story is he got up from his throne in heaven, took on humanity, humbled himself to take our sin to the cross, die in our place so that we might know him and have forgiveness of sin and eternal life with him. But it started by him getting up and and then getting it done. And then he says, follow me. You know, do this for those around you. Humbly serve them in love. And so that's a motivator, isn't it? It's fixing our eyes on, on our Lord. Second, though, part of this challenge is this. The ant teaches us to get up, but also to get busy. Seven and eight says, it has no commander, no overseer, ruler, yet it stores its food, its, its uh, provisions in summer, gathers its food at harvest. So the emphasis here is on what, this ant is in motion. It's doing something. It's getting busy. It's storing and it's gathering. One day when I, I realized I was going to be teaching on this text, I went ahead and ordered an ant farm. You can get these things online. And I, I set it on my desk to just watch these ants as I was studying this text. And it's true. These things, what was interesting, they do, they do rest too. They take sleep or what, I don't know. But they, they do have inactivity. But for the most part, they're going. Um, on mission initiative someone said there are three types of people in the world those who no, don't know what's happening those who watch what's happening and then those who make things happen get busy they see an opportunity to meet a need they make a plan pray and then go and uh, do get busy meeting that need have you noticed once you get busy doing something there's a like a positive momentum that starts to build you know, where you're uh, just like, hey, yeah. Maybe it was you're, you're putting off, you know, cleaning the car, and you go ahead and clean the inside of the car, then you're like, hey, let's do the outside. Let's, let's wax this thing. Let's wash these. But in these realms of life that matter, as, as we get busy, there's a positive momentum that, that helps us carry on. So the question to, to ask it, fire at our hearts this morning, am I getting busy when it comes to the these dimensions of, of life that will affect ministry impact in my life mission. So thinking about soul and your relationship with the Lord, are you investing in your intimacy with the Father and our God? 
and through Bible reading prayer. We talk about as a church family that daily meeting where I'm just going to, most important meeting of the day is when I meet with the Lord and hear from Him in His Word, talk with Him. Social, am I nurturing the relationships that matter most and putting some energy into being together and, and making that happen. Work, am I bringing initiative to work or am I just coasting? You know, am I looking for needs, ways to make things better and, and, and uh, am I bringing my best? Work is worship. Ministry, am I uh, using the gifts that God has given me to serve his body? And then body, mind, am I um, investing in my, making sure I'm staying healthy and, and being fit to be able to carry on the rest of this stuff? Am I getting busy when it comes to doing good? One of our, when you have kids and you can say, all right, what, what's our family values? What are the, what's going to like shape our, how we go as a family? We had five while the kids were growing up that we would champion and we'd celebrate as we'd um, go. The third one was work hard. And so whenever we'd see the kids, you know, doing something where they're working hard, we'd be sure to celebrate that. And one moment happened when Chad was like, first, second grade, and he and his buddies came storming into the house. It was after school. They're playing. They raid the sandwich uh, drawer and uh, grab all these little plastic sandwich bags and uh, go running back out, head to the woods, fill it up with pine cones and leaves, come flying back in, hit it with a couple shots of Tam's perfume, seal it, call it potpourri, and go selling it to the neighbors, 50 cents a shot. Well, our sweet, sweet neighbors, how do you say no to that? These boys come back with bills, man. They're, <laughs> they are cash rich for kids. And it's one of those parents moments. Do you have a talk about business ethics and vulnerable customers? <laughs> or, uh, or do you say, well done, way to get busy. Get up, get busy, get it done. Neat picture there. And I was thinking as our uh, ministry team, and by the way, just thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's pulled on the rope this ministry season as a church family. Looking back, I was reflecting on, we started last year, 2020, September, and it feels like we almost had to completely restart everything we've done, and, and you've been so faithful to pull on the rope, and just what a year, and overwhelming the good that's been done in the name of Christ through, through our church family. But one picture just keeps coming to my mind, especially around COVID. One of the toughest things about COVID being in the hospital is the isolation piece, and heard a number of you say, man, when you're there alone, it just wears on you. And Danny was sharing this. Um, others have. And, but for those who are at Hendricks, we have one of our uh, church members works as a physical therapist there. And it's not on his job description, Roy. He's a physical therapist. He's not to be around the COVID. But he would, um, when he found out one of our members was there, he would get up, get busy, and put on the gear um, hazmat up and go into that room and be an encouragement to to the people and it's Matt Tricker and I and even this past week I, I'll bet he was getting busy doing that again and busy guy stuff to do and yet part of his calling he sensed just staying um, in tune with the Lord and, and going to to be a blessing encouragement to those around him so neat picture all right so the ant teaches us get up get busy and then the third part of the challenge is to get it done. We see this in verse 8, where it says, Yet it stores its provisions in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. It's that idea of, you see, the ant harvesting, like finishing it, getting it done. Um, 
He's not putting it off, waiting till later, but he's finishing that job. It's that whatever it takes attitude, that quiet determination that says, I'm in it to finish it. And that's the enduring grit that's going to see it through. So the next time you see an ant um, scurrying across the picnic table or lugging a barbecue chip on its back, um, if you flick that thing, flick, flip the, the chip, what's that ant going to do? Quit, give up, sit down, mope for a minute, and then go back to its anthill? No. Have you ever seen an ant do that? No. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever watched an ant do that. <laughs> but we can imagine that ant, and granted, it doesn't have the size of brain we have to, to do the things we do, but inspiring to think about what's it going to do pick that chip back up I an ant can carry I think it's 200 times its weight pretty impressive it'd be like a 200 pounder carrying a, a, a Volkswagen or something just like and get back up going again um, get it done the ant teaches us to, to live with that enduring grit John Gregg a family friend accelerated through the ranks of leadership in his work and he uh, I think it was Ragu that he worked for he's retired now does consulting, but my dad was asking him, what was the secret to your success in the realm of leadership? And he said, it's simple. Just do what you say you're going to do. So what do you mean? Okay, staff meeting on Monday morning, you got your team around, and you go around assigning projects. Everybody takes a project, I'll do this, I'll do this, do this, do this. You come back the next week to staff meeting to check in. First person, how'd it go? Well, excuse, excuse, excuse. This came up, that came up, didn't quite get it done. Next person, well, I got got some done but I excuse this came up then they come to you and you just say here it is I called this person here's the report is it changing the world no you're just getting it done just doing what you said you were going to do okay play that out a week two weeks three weeks who are they going to come looking for when something really needs to be done or to lead a team where something really needs to be done going to come to you why just got her done like the ant get up get busy get it done isn't that a great uh picture uh, faithful with little entrusted with much so one summer we had a youth ministry intern and part of his job description one day a week was to do landscape projects around the church and on one day he was out in this field and I happened to be walking through the office just as I saw him, and I saw a monster storm coming up. And it was not like a drizzle. It was going to be downpour. And I thought, ah, I want to watch this play out. I have a hunch what's going to happen, but I want to watch it. And sure enough, man, it just unleashed on this brother. He is soaked bone to the bone. Doesn't budge from his project. He just kept right on working. I said, yep. He's young, but I'm like, Lord, that's the kind of brother, kind of teammate I want to run with. Well, guess who that was? Ten years ago, so ago, Kyle Fox. Faithful with little and trusted with much. Today, he's our student ministry pastor, and he was up 9 o'clock this Friday night when we all wanted to be in bed, running through the wall, getting busy, getting it done. Uh, putting on an event for our high school students around 200 high school students I think after the football game came out just being Christ to them get up get busy get it done inspiration and I shared first service the only 
one I think that works harder than him is his wife, Abby. She's same thing, um, industrious. So one quick caution as we think about this truth, and as we read through Proverbs and really all of Scripture, God's truth works in life, doesn't it? It, it just flat out works. It works in your family. It works at work. It works all of these realms. But the danger is it's possible to use wisdom like this to serve ourselves. So the idol of achievement, the idol of success, I can get up, get busy, get it done like the ant, and at the end of the day, I could do all these things but do them for the wrong reason, not for God's glory or for the good of the people around me, but for my own self. And that checks me up as um, just asking God for a pure heart and ultimately keeping my eyes on Jesus. And I don't know if you found that, but just the, it's so easy to get off that, isn't it? Where rather than living with a pure heart of, okay, Lord, I just want to go get up, get busy, get, get it done for you, it's all of a sudden, it's about me again. And, and just bringing it back, confessing, repenting, and just coming back to, Lord, it's about you. So, get up, get busy, get it done. Now, today, maybe you've been listening to this, and it's been, you've just been, uh, like tired, worn out, fatigued, and I hope and pray that you just sense the Lord saying, be encouraged, um, keep on, keep on in the good that God has called you to, to do, whatever realm this may be. And maybe today, especially coming through 2020, 2020, 2021, this season has been, for a lot of, a lot of us, it may have been a time of where you're just starting to feel cynical and just like, what's the point of all this stuff and all the... Uh, the division and just all of that. And I just encourage you to, to be, um, I hope this has been encouraging, just to be reminded that uh, eyes on the Lord and it matters, we're serving Him. And to get up, get busy and keep on in whatever God has called you to. I'm sure some of us today are struggling with failure. As you think about these areas and maybe even realizing there's things I haven't done and I should have done and tempted to get down on yourself, get in your own doghouse, could I just encourage you to, to hear the Lord say, it's a new day, new beginning, and um, just get back up and keep on. Remember Peter when he denied the Lord, and you almost felt that, like, who am I, and I messed up, and, and I love that where Jesus meets him on the beach and just says, hey, follow me, follow me, let's do some good. How do we avoid sloth? What's the remedy? What's that vaccine? And, and what a gift God has given us here. The ant of all places. Get up, get busy, get it done. So here's, it's time for the ant chant. All right, guys, to stick this. Get up, get busy, get it done. Get up, get busy, get it done. You guys good? Could we all say it together? And, and uh, we'll do the clap and just stick this thing. All right, here we go. Get up, get busy, get it done. Get up, get busy, get it done. Get up, get busy, get it done. I mentioned first service to Mike Moore, hey, we got the chant, but wouldn't it be great to have an ant dance that goes with the chant? And Mike just goes, no, skip that. <laughs> so is anyone feeling inspired with an ant chant dance right now? Nope. Okay, well, if you do and you want to post it online, loop us into that, and uh, that can help us out as we follow the Lord. But what a gift God has given us. This little ant, wisdom. Um, to get up, get busy, and get it done for His glory so that we might be able to pray. And, and as we end this ministry year with our eyes on Jesus, John chapter 17, verse 4, Jesus is praying and He says this, 
to the Father, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Isn't it awesome to think that God's given you a job, a work, good works to do, and it's doable, and it, it's something that we can finish. And as I think about our team this year and think about you and your life, I just hope and pray that when you get to your final days, you'll be able to say, I finished the work. I brought God glory. Paul said that, you know, I'm being poured out like a drink offering, but I have finished my race. I've uh, kept the faith, fought the good fight. May that be true for each one of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for your grace and just all the ways that we know we have fallen short of this, and yet you love us, you uh, restore us, and call us to get up, get busy, and get it done with the, the minutes and days, months, years that you've given us, and we thank you for the love that you've put in our hearts for each other and, and for those around us, and Lord, I just pray that our church family, as we go out today, would be, uh, would be your presence in this time and place, that we'd be an unstoppable force for good, for your glory. I pray blessing over each person here today. Encourage our hearts, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.